All right, college football junkies, thank you so much for joining us again. We have a little mini episode today for you. And we're going to talk about a few things real quick, some breaking news. We'll get into some, uh, obviously, the playoff committee didn't change too much, so we'll get into that as well. And uh, we'll, of course, talk about some different conferences, uh, see what we can get into, and then the Heisman uh, segment there at the end. So, first of all, I want to point out um, that, well, let's go ahead and go back real quick. Obviously, this is Scott Covio, and I do have my co-host, uh, Jason Cochran. He's actually on the road today, so we want to thank you, thank him for joining us. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Everybody thanks me for doing that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. I know it's hard being on the road and uh, right now in the car, so we, we appreciate you just pulling off to the side for us. Scott, these sexual innuendos that keep happening just have to stop. <laughs> Uh, we got to keep it PG 13 now. Hold on. Uh, you're the one doing it, not me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Come on. You're, you're the one taking it a different way. Uh, oh, uh, so let's let's get into it. Ohio State fans plan on boycotting game day now. Uh, from what I understand, they're they feel a little biased here against the SEC. I guess they think that you know the guys there on game day are a little more, I guess they talk a little more highly. Of the SEC, uh, you've said it before, Jason, that uh, the SEC is the only conference that matters. But, you know, a lot of times I, I, I have to say they're not biased personally because, you know, they're actually coming to Columbus for the 19th time. Um, this is actually the most of all time, all, all every game day, you know what I mean? And uh, five more than Alabama. Um, now, obviously, I don't know how to point out Alabama, but, you know, they've, they've come to Alabama quite often. Why not though? I mean, they're the national, you know, champions. They have the, they don't have the most. Oklahoma has the most, but Alabama has won quite often as well. So, what's your take on this, Jason, as far as them coming to Columbus and and them boycotting? I would boycott because it's probably gonna be cold as all get out. Um, but I mean, is it just me or isn't there two uh, Big Ten graduates on? Game day? Uh, well, just, just one, right? Uh, Mich- well, what's the name from Michigan? Uh, Desmond. And I think that they pointed out Desmond did what he did to Ohio State, and nobody likes him because of that. Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit went to Ohio State, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, just the one, Kirk. And then Desmond is on it. No, Desmond. He went to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. That's big. I'm My point is, is that that's the big 10. Oh, well, yeah, but they. Um, it was pointed out in the article that I read that you know, they're all mad, obviously, still from what Desmond did during the game when he played college football. Yeah, but he couldn't be biased towards – he couldn't – I guess in talking about how they feel that there's an SEC bias by game day, there's two guys on the squad from, that are from the Big Ten. Right, from that conference. There's, yeah, I, I there's agree. only one from the SEC. So, you know what that tells me? What's Big that? Ten – Better at being on TV as commentators than they are playing football. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, highlight there. I like that. That's funny. Right, where did uh I know Corso played college football. Where did he play college football? Uh, with a leather helmet. <laughs> with a, with a leather. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's funny. I, I don't I don't know where he played. Maybe Indiana 
Florida um, State. It looks like Florida State has to go with it. Yeah, Florida State. That's right. He received four varsity letters in both football and baseball. I was trying to look and see what year that was. Uh, it's not telling me. He's 84 years old, so it, it had to be a while ago. Yeah. That was a long time ago. And then he was head coach from 69 to 72 at Louisville and then 73 to 82 in Indiana. That's funny. And the picture they show here is he looks young as no other. <laughs> I knew Indiana was something about it. I knew there was something about Indiana. Yeah. Anyways, they're gonna the fans want to watch uh, or what they're saying is they're they're gonna not go to game day and they're gonna go to Fox News, uh, Fox noon kickoff, and then the Big Ten Network show will also be there in Columbus. But my thing is, you know, I I don't care how many of you out there think that you're not gonna go to game day and it's just gonna flop. There's still going to be a ton of signs. That's what game day is about. It's not going to change. Do you think that the game day people really care if a ton of people show up? <laughs> I don't think. I mean, care. I really, I, I mean, my thing is, is yeah, it might change a little bit. Like you say, like you're saying, but ultimately they care more about the people tuning in to watch. Yeah, exactly. They care about the ratings and how many, and nobody's going to stop watching game day. It's, it's a staple show. You you get up in the morning to watch it. That's the I mean I know but I mean I watch it so well and, and, and you got Fox. Fox is they partner with the Big Ten, right? So they do the Big Ten network. Um ESPN obviously does the SEC network. Um so I can see where there's some sort of hey, let's go to the Fox one because they actually support the Big Ten. That's true. But the but the ESPN is doing what gets their ratings and what gets their ratings is the sec yeah i mean and you think about uh games more or less and i mean ohio state's putting up big numbers now but those are those are boring games like don't get me wrong it's great that the team's you know so good and their offense is 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 obviously explosive but once you start getting into halftime and it's 34 to 7 or 34 to nothing nobody wants to watch that anymore i guarantee you the fans in the stadium if they're not already drunk they're saying, hey, let's go get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what else is there to do um, in Ohio? Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> but, you know, interestingly enough, if you talk about talent and things of that nature, Joe Burrows, former Ohio State quarterback, transferred to LSU. True. An SEC team and an SEC commit and Justin Fields is now at Ohio State. So isn't that crazy how the the talent just moved like that? Yeah, I, th- I think that with um the dynamics of both conferences, you look at how Justin Fields went over to Ohio State and he's put up huge numbers, but he couldn't do that in the SEC. And then Burroughs, I mean he didn't get really much I mean he got some playing time here and there, but he comes over to LSU in a completely different offense. And, you know, he's succeeding. And I think that that kind of signals to you when you come out of high school, you're, you're looking to get in some of these top ranked teams and, and you really want to play for people that you've looked up, you know, the entire high school season or, you know, your whole life more or less. But then when you get over there, you're like, you know what, this doesn't actually fit me. Like this offense and what they're running, these schemes really just don't fit how I am or how I play. So it, it kind of worked out in both players favor because 
oh, you can tell Fields is thriving over there with that offense, and so is Burrow. So, of course, perfect. Well, yeah, and to be fair, Justin didn't get a fair shake, or he got a fair shake, but he didn't get a lot of playing time So uh, at Georgia. So I think ultimately it's just two guys who found what you said is a program that fit. Um, and that's all you can ask for, and that's why the transfer protocol is, is, is there. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you boycott, you boycott, Boycott and see what happens. Let's let's. I would say the the crowds are getting smaller anyway. They look like they're getting smaller. Um, so let's see what happens. Yeah, you know? but if you're gonna boycott, you know, actual actually boycott. Don't just get on Twitter and you get 30, 40 people to join you over at a different you know show. That's just not gonna make a difference. I mean, you've you've got to go all out. You know what I mean? You need to get on campus and and spread the word. So I you know I think that you know they are. They're, on, they're not. They're doing a little bit on Twitter, but I don't think that's going to make a difference. So, I, it's either go big or go home, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, oh. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a couple of uh, different little things. And these aren't breaking news. Kind of something, just a topic we want to talk about. Um, some news out of FSU. Uh, recor- recruiting coordinator David Kelly is no longer with the program. Now, there's no real explanation about why he left. Obviously, Taggart was just fired, but. And, and he Taggart brought David Kelly on. So it's a possibility he may be following Taggart wherever he's going. And we don't know necessarily what he plans on doing. But um, the, I saw a thing the other day that he was he was seen at a Michigan hockey game. Taggart was. Uh, so he's obviously enjoying the little payday that he got. And, you know, David Kelly, maybe we'll hear one day where he went. Who knows? You know, here, here's something that I want to just throw out there to all the corporate people in America contract like these football so if you get fired for poor performance you still get your money that's true you know like yeah let's say let's say you get fired scott or i get fired we're hitting the unemployment line you know like we're trying to find another job (laughs) immediately we're cutting everything these guys get fired and they're and they're getting like chad morris a ten million dollar payout. It's a huge, why can't I have that? Yeah, it's. It, I think that you know we these college football when they're when they're hired on these coaches, there's so much, there's so many expectations that they're expected to do so much within that program, and and I think when they when they do end up deciding who they're gonna to bring on, and obviously Arkansas is running into the same thing. There's there's gonna be that same expectation there. So who knows? what will happen with how I think that they'll have to bring down that money, be honest with you. A lot of people talk about how they're paying the millions of dollars. Well, why don't you come down on that paycheck and then that, that lowers the buyout if something happens. I, I don't know if that's even possible realistically, but I think it's an option. Well, I was, I was listening to something the other day about um, Florida state and the guy that's the interim right now. Well, yeah, Odell Haggins. I was actually going to mention that uh, he actually the, the the players think that he should stay. The chants actually and the fans also tell you that you know they're chanting his name. They want him to stay. So, well, I, what I was listening to the other day, guys, a Florida State fan who called into a radio show, and apparently uh, this Odell Haggins guy is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently he's been around the program forever. 
Yeah, for years. A solid recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they don't think that he wants the head coaching job. Well, they say that he doesn't have the experience, and I think that's why – I think he's more timid, if anything, to accept the position is because he's like, hey, man, you know, I've been an assistant coach for so long. I've been doing recruiting. This is what I know. I don't necessarily want to take over a head coach job and then still not, you know, not be able to do what I love to do. In that regard, though, I would say you can take on those roles as the recruiting coach and have more control over that. So I think that's where the experience comes in that he just doesn't have. Well, I mean, do you, I mean, and do you want a guy like that if that's his feeling? You well, know what I mean? If, do you want a guy like that as a coach if he feels like that he's not the guy that can lead the program into uh, back into the national spotlight? So, but how do you respect someone that says, you know, I want to stay with the program, but I don't want to be head coach? So the players are all saying, "Hey, we want you to be head coach. We want you to do this. We want you to lead us." I, I respect it. I respect it because. This is a guy who who knows what he wants. Yeah. He knows where he fits, and he knows his role. And you can't be mad at a guy who's saying, you know what, I don't want to step into a position like this because it's not what I want. Well, he's probably afraid to fail, too. Could be. You know, matter of fact, I'm in Tifton, Georgia right now, and – when I used to run the enterprise over here, um, there was a guy's age 75 years old. I had no idea he was that old, but he worked for GM and Ford mm-hmm. and uh, was retired, was working with enterprise part time. And this is a guy who never did anything crazy, you know, big in his life, but he knew his role. He knew what he was good at and he stuck to that. And you know what? I respected the heck out of this man because he worked hard. He did his job. He did his job well. And there are just people who built like that. Not everybody has to have aspirations to take over the world. You know, not, not everybody needs to be that guy. Um, if he feels comfortable there, let him be that guy there. Sure. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. When, when, and, and when it, boils down to should he be head coach if he doesn't want it he doesn't want it let him yeah. stay with the program he's obviously a good recruiter uh and and the players obviously like him so boom just well here's the thing you know. as well when you think about recruiting the crew recruiting standpoint i'm not going to say that he's not a good recruiter and that may be some of those fans being a little biased toward him but let's actually compare not really compare, but let's look at some of the recruits that he's bought. He's brought in. Have they been successful, or is it because hey, I've brought in good talent, but they just haven't been molded properly by you know the people around him? So I wonder, and I think that well, we'll I mean, see over the next can, couple of years whether or not that's the case. You can go to scout.com, and I, I would ask the listeners to go to scout.com and just take a look at the recruits, and you'll see his name by majority of them. Well, no, I. I agree that he is doing – he is bringing them all in. I, I, I get that. But I'm wondering – because the program wasn't doing good, obviously. <laughs> we talked about this before, how they were paying non-conference play, uh, teams to come in and, and then, you know, losing to them. So was it the talent that wasn't performing properly or was it the management that was molding these players 
and calling the right plays, or was it a combination of both? Because, so, I mean, Odell Haggins may have been bringing in everybody, but he may not be the best recruiter for that program. Like, he may be a good recruiter, but is he a good recruiter for that program? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, he's been there forever, so you'd have to imagine he recruited Dalvin Cook. You'd have to imagine he recruited uh, – Freeman, uh, Jameis Winston, you would have to imagine that he recruited all of those guys. And, and just take a look, right? Just take a look at, at people who have went in at, at different programs like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer came into a Florida program that had underperformed uh, under uh, Ron Zook and uh, other coaches and then came in and took the recruits that were there and won a national title. He had that's, one recruiting class when he yeah. won a national title. That's true. One, one, one class. It only took one class. And so, uh, even you look at Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen has taken, you know, he he's had, what, two recruiting classes in Florida is now back in the national spotlight. You look at what Kirby Smart did at Georgia. He was there for two years. They became, you know, they were – one, two plays away from winning the national title. We see uh, a little SEC bias right now. <laughs> well, you know, just talking about things. You look at Ohio State when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. Yeah, he, yeah, well, he, he came in recruit, and he can recruit with the best of them. I have to agree with that. He can coach. Well, true. All right, you look at you look at uh, Nick Saban. Everywhere he's been, his teams have won. Uh, so I think even when he was in the big 10 and even when he's been in the sec, he, he the guy just can do it. Um, so you're made for so, it. And some of them aren't exactly. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about, move on to, to something else that's kind of on that playing field as well. Um, as an Alabama freshman, he was a four star in 2019 recruiting class for Alabama, uh, a defensive back Scooby Carter is now entering into the transfer portal. Now, he was actually, you know, the teams he was he was looking at was obviously Alabama, but Texas A&M and Oklahoma, um, you know, as well as I think it was Baylor and, you know, I want to say it was Clemson, but I'm not sure. I know they were looking, he was looking at a bunch of SEC teams. But the question I have here is, is this signaling kind of the end of savings recruiting chokehold on, on college football? He, he does seem to recruit, you know, some of the best talent. I think he was – Alabama was one or two last year, you know, right there with Georgia. But it seems to me that some of the culture's changing in Alabama and some of those players are looking like, you know what, we don't necessarily want to stay here in Alabama. So, you know, this could just be one guy entering the transfer portal or this could be, you know, just a snowball effect here. We, start, we might start seeing other players do the same. As far as uh, Alabama? Yeah, as far as entering the transfer portal or not necessarily choosing, you know, Alabama when they come out of high school. Uh, you know, I, I I would lean to the side of this is just one guy who wanted to go to the big pond uh, and is the small fish. Uh, I think a lot of guys, as they're coming out of college, they, I think the mentality is, do I want to be the big fish in the small pond? <laughs> or do I want to be, uh, uh, you know, 
a big an fish average in a small fish pond? in the <laughs> you know big fish in a small pond, or do I want to be a small fish or an average fish in the big pond? Like you know, if you take somebody like Jalen Hurts or you take somebody like Trevor Lawrence and they go to a App State or they go to a Georgia Southern or they go to a a Minnesota th- right. places like that. You know, they're the big fish. You're Justin Fields, those those highly touted recruits, yeah. they're the big, big fish. And then they're going into small ponds where they're they're the they're the dominant one there. Right. You know, that and then you have guys that can still be the big fish in the big pond, like who we were talking about. But then you have these other guys that come out and and I think they kind of go through this where am i going to get the most exposure where can i compete you know they get told something uh in recruiting it's, you know it's, it feels right and then they, when they get there no, it's just not what they expect well yeah um, i think that's the case too like you get on campus with like you say told something during the recruiting stages you get on campus and you find out that well yeah i mean you were highly touted in high school you're in a program where the competition is much higher. So, you know, you're, you're competing every day for your job. You're not coming in and, you know, you're just going to get the starting position out the gate. I think when we talk about Justin Fields, that was kind of his mentality. He came into UGA and was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, the, the best quarterback here at Georgia and come to find out, well, you know, hey, this guy, this other quarterback's actually pretty good. You know, he doesn't necessarily have the same type of talent I have, but he's – his success rate's really good, so he didn't necessarily get the spotlight at like he wanted to go to Ohio State. You know, next year, number one, he's the dude, the dude on campus. I mean, he he turns into you know a higher celebrity. I don't know how you can be a higher celebrity than you were in Georgia, but you go to Ohio State and you're like, oh, I'm the I'm the man. You know, everybody's looking at me. So I get where you're coming from for sure. I think, you know, I think it, you just look at somebody like uh, Tate. What's Tate's last name? Um, the guy who was at Ohio State as quarterback, he was on the show QB1 with Justin Fields. Uh, he came out of Las Vegas. Uh, never lost a game in high school. Uh, goes to Ohio State, is playing backup quarterback. Justin Fields transfers. He had that tweet, you know, don't shoot and miss twice. Uh, and then he ends up transferring to Miami and can't get a quarterback job there and moves to wide receiver. Marsh, um, uh, Martell, Tate Martell. Yeah, Tate Martell. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think there are – I think your point is is exactly exactly right. You get to these places and then you realize the talent level is there. You know, you go to – if you just look up – if you just look up recruiting for the last three years – uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State was in there uh, in 2017, Oklahoma, LSU, Auburn, Florida. All of those teams are in the top 15 in the past three years. And, uh, well, Florida wasn't in the past three years, but the past two years they have been. But they – all of those teams recruit good talent every year. And I think – these guys get there and ultimately something's just not fitting the way they saw it fit. And, and, you know, I I don't think you can punish these kids for wanting to transfer out if it's not a fit for them. And so to get back to your original point, no, I don't see this as a, a, 
Nick Saban losing his stranglehold. We've seen it in the past where they've not made it to the national title or um, not been the dominant team that we all expected them to be, and they end up still uh, having that talent left over. You know, if there was a mass exodus from Alabama, maybe you could see something going on there. But one guy, a four-star recruit, who uh, I had no idea who he was until you mentioned him, going to another school. You know, maybe that next school would be a good fit for him. I hope all the best for this kid. I want him to get the exposure that he's looking for. And, you know, I'm sure he's uh, talked to his family and his support system and, and prayed about it. And he'll he'll go to – the school that he feels is best for him on this second time and, and, and good luck to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hope he, I hope he does the best, but no, I don't think Saban's losing his grip. I don't, I don't think he's losing his grip on recruiting. I think um, that's the question. He, and I think that's the question, you know, kind of, kind of nationwide here is, you know, this is potentially going to be the first year we don't see Alabama in the playoffs. And that's kind of the swirling question around every, in everybody's mind is, you know, is Alabama falling off the wagon here? Um, or is it just, you know, they've got a young team. And I want to point towards the young team. Their defense is extremely young. And, you know, with Tua going down, that caused a big ripple and everything. But ultimately, in general, because Tua has been putting up points, offense isn't an issue with them. Um, it's just the defensive struggles. Like I say, young team, young guys, they lost a lot of people in the NFL. So, you know, that's, that's where think that if, goes. I think if Tua doesn't go down, Alabama benefits from not being in the championship again, only losing to one team. One team, yeah. They went out. They went out. They lost to LSU. Okay. But they still are seen as a dominant team. They sure. still get into the four-team playoff. Sure. And they still uh, get that national exposure. And unless they get blown out in the playoff, then they're starting the next year in the same boat. Same boat, uh, yeah. So, Top five. You know, two of getting hurt is what has caused some questions um, along the lines of Alabama hasn't had a quality win. Um, but no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into, we'll get into this SEC segment, kind of get to, to that as well. But, you know, dude, what's going on with South Carolina? I mean, they beat Georgia. Um, and, and ever since then, they've kind of fallen into a rut, uh, fell into a rut. They got, they lost to Florida, Tennessee, App State, uh, Texas A&M. Um, they had that win in the middle there. They beat Vandy, but I don't know what's going on with Muschamp. And he, and he says that he has all the support from the board and even, you know, the, the, the chairman there says, Hey, you know, we're definitely going to stick with him. But what you don't hear and what I read yesterday was that, the board actually went to Arkansas, like uh, the well, another boardman went to the to Arkansas to ask them how they went about the whole firing, how they went about the whole buyout process, and how that worked. Because I'm assuming they haven't done it in forever, so that kind of puts a spin on things. That hey, we might see another another coach go down. Yeah, I think. Uh, the problem with the problem is, is it's kind of the way I look at it. It's like this guy. How can you go to a program like Florida who had been successful, take it over, not be successful. Right. And then immediately land another job in the same division as South Carolina. Sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. 
talk about something where the guy was the guy could just be a great defensive coordinator and not really have it to, be, yeah. to to be a head coach. Um, you know I the problem he'd be with a South great Co- offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Well, you know the guy doesn't have his uh, the, the South Carolina does not have the name prog- or program recognition to get a top tier coach. No. They had Steve Spurrier, but Steve Spurrier at the end of his career. They had Lou Holtz, but Lou Holtz at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. They've never taken the next step yeah. with a guy um, to make their program something of national noteworthy. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Um, and – you know, what I want to talk about next, and we'll have to kind of speed this up a little bit, um, kind of running out of time here. But um, quick stat I want to point out, Joe Burrow actually broke the the school's single-season passing record. Now, he has two more games plus the SEC championship, so he can add to it. And then, of course, the playoffs, uh, regardless of whether or not – and personally, I feel regardless of whether or not they beat Georgia or not, they're in the playoffs. But he's got more time to add to this record-breaking season. I mean – why not give this guy the Heisman? I don't. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. They should vote that uh, that guy as the Heisman. And another point, you know, I want to point out is that uh, apparently, and I, and I guess I didn't know too much about how the voting process happened uh, in the Heisman, but uh, some of these voters will actually turn in their ballots before the championship games. I personally don't understand that. I, I don't get it. How can you turn in your vote before you actually see what this candidate can do in a championship atmosphere and I think Herbie said it on on uh the show the other night uh the playoff or whatever said if you turn in your vote if you turn in your ballot before the championship games they shouldn't count well they do give out the Heisman before the national title well no no, Um, no, not the national title but before the championship conference games oh well I I look at it like this. You've got you've got a guy in Joe Burrows that if you've if you've just seen him play, the guy looks like the most NFL ready quarterback Definitely. that I've seen mm-hmm. in the past three years. Um you know, he, he can make he makes reads. He he he's he's just a good quarterback. Yeah, overall um, good pick. But, you know, I don't know who could beat him, even without the championship game. I don't know who's had a better season than Joe Burrows. Well, they say Hurts, obviously. You know, Hurts is in the conversation. And they're also saying, you know, if Burrow plays terrible against Georgia, LSU loses the SEC championship, Hurt plays his out, his, his mind out or whatever, and Oklahoma wins big against that game, then it's like, eh. Well, Hertz had a huge game uh, against Baylor where they came back and won, and Burrow had a huge game against Alabama where they won, and then you know it's kind of it's kind of evened out at that point. So now the voters, I think, have to watch, you know, that that game and assess not only the championships but assess the entire year and, and who has the best stats. And I think Burrow's would win out. I I just I disagree with Herbie. I think that you take the games that you saw. And you make a vote. If you make your vote now, 
there's I don't think there's nothing that can really change between now and, and the championship games. Right. You know, if Burroughs happens to have one bad game, okay. Hurts That's had a the bad, only bad game. game he'd have all season. Right. I mean Hurts had a bad game against Baylor. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, it's 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 I just he did I, I look though. at it. <laughs> He did, he did, but I, I look at it like a – we've had enough time to know, right? right? I get that. Yeah. What is one game? I get that. Well, um, I, I, I definitely agree 100% that we should have that pick uh, done around the same time, but we'll see what happens. Next, we got the ACC um, segment. Nobody's really talking – we're going to talk real quick, but uh, nobody's really talking about Clemson that much. It's kind of reminiscent of last year when they won the Natty. It was – Kind of on there on the back burner, um, and to, and everybody's saying they haven't really been tested, you know, all year. So they, you know, obviously have some things that I think will have to be worked out in in the first quarter and second quarter of that championship game. Um, but I, I don't think that championship game is really going to test them that much either, regardless of who they play. They're really not going to see a good, you know, defense or really even offense until you get to the semis. So. We'll see who they get matched up with, and and uh, we'll make some assessments when it comes to that. The um, yeah, I mean the ACC is just weak this year too. That's I saw I a tweet. Say, weak. Yeah, I saw a tweet earlier from a, a big ACC homer, former Florida State quarterback. Um, he said that the ACC has three teams in top in total and top three teams top. 10 total defense uh, and the SEC West has zero, but it was such a poor take mostly because points per possession with the teams that are top in defense, um, they haven't played anybody that can really score. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think the same thing should be said about the big 10 and the PAC 12. You really don't have, but maybe one team, you know, in that obviously PAC 12 has Utah and Oregon who, are looking really good right now. But other than that, there's not much. Yeah, I mean, the SEC West doesn't have a great defense and the fact that LSU and Alabama, they don't have phenomenal defenses. But um, I don't know. The ACC is weak right now. I I don't want to go back into the SEC. I don't want to go back. I I just think that the ACC is a little bit down this year is probably why you haven't heard a ton about Clemson because they really have no marquee wins to, yeah, to speak of. Mm-hmm. But you can't and, take them out of the top. They're undefeated. It's like they have to stay in the top four. Oh, yeah. I mean, being undefeated in general is, is amazing. It's so, good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about Memphis real quick. American Conference here. Um, you know, they're they're first in their in their conference. Their record's nine and one. They're doing great. They only lost that one game, which really look kind of sloppy. But Brady White, the the QB for Memphis, he's he's been sensational. This year, I mean, you know, last weekend, you know, he, he threw for like 341 yards. He had five touchdowns. I mean, he's like a – they say he's like a sleeper in the NFL draft. He may end up moving to, you know, three or four uh, in the prospect field. But, you know, the question is, in everybody's mind, does he stay another year? I mean, he was he was named a finalist for the Johnny United's Golden Arm Award. So he's a great – obviously a great player. But, you know, I don't, I don't think staying would help him another year. I do think he should move on. Um with him being in the American conference, he could come back in and obviously throw up huge numbers, but does that actually help his draft stock or not? That's the question. 
Yeah, it's one of those one of those situations where it's does it help or does it or can it hurt? It can hurt what, if you what, get hurt. What's gonna? Well, exactly. And let's say you know he's he's riding a high momentum right now, and then he comes back and he doesn't have a great season. Now his draft stock plummet. Yeah. Uh, so you you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like trading players in the NFL. You trade them when they're great. <laughs> That's true. You know, I you, like that. That's you good. You have to you have to make the move when you're at the top. You have if to. you decide mm-hmm. to stay. And you know, right now this guy is at the top, and he needs to go ahead and go. Yeah, um, I agree. You got to go. It, it's got to go, especially when you're going to be in the top five against quarterbacks like. Huh, you talk about hurts too. When you got names, uh, it, it just makes sense to go when you're in that clump of, of people. So I think he should definitely go. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to go. You yeah. got to go. So that's going to do it. Here's I the thing. Just... Here's the thing. You can uh, – let me just say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just to make sure. You can declare for the draft and not hire an agent. Right. And if it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, you can go back to college. Exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. so. that's going to do it for this one. Now, a couple of reminders I want to make sure I point out. You know, last episode, LSU has a point spread of 46 points now. What did you say? Did you say it was 46 last time? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, apparently, it's the largest SEC conference spread since 1978. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did. So it's a huge spread. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before in my life. I think that's why you you probably highlighted it. But um, the bet was if if they if they cover the spread of forty six points against Arkansas, then I'm gonna do an ice bucket challenge. But if they don't cover that forty six points, Jason's got to do the ice bucket challenge. So want to let everybody, yeah, make sure does. I remind everybody about that. And don't forget our giveaway. Our giveaway twenty five followers now. We are, I think we're at 15 now. I think I looked back this morning, it was 15. So it's gone up. Um, just got to make sure guys are hitting our... that follow-up, uh, that following uh, button uh, or hitting subscribe, depending on where you're listening to your podcast. Yeah, so thank you to all of our family for joining. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's most of the family. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're getting better at this. We're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to hone this. Uh, but 25 followers are going to have a giveaway, and then Scott's going to do an ice bucket challenge. When he- no, I don't know about that. You're going to do the ice bucket challenge, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, like I said, that's going to do it for us. We do appreciate you joining. Make sure you're following us on Facebook as well. Um, that's going to be uh, CF Junkie Podcast on um, Facebook. You can also, of course, leave a five-star review on iTunes with your question, and we'll definitely answer that question on our podcast and uh, if you have the anchor app you can leave us a voice message and we'll of course play it on the podcast and uh talk about whatever you want to talk about oh for me uh well i missed it what'd you say i said let's go oh let's go that's right that does it for me guys and uh jason as well we'll see y'all next time